Thank you, Jesus, not only for a precious blood this morning, but a powerful blood. Lord, I thank you that your blood is more precious and more powerful than anything we could do to come against it. Lord, you're more powerful than any sin that we have committed, any sin that we've brought in here this morning. Your blood is precious and your blood is powerful to wash us white as snow. Lord, I pray right now, just even before we go into your word this morning that you have for us, I ask right now that you would just kind of... Uh, drop that into our hearts at a deeper level that, that your blood really is powerful enough to wash everything that there's nothing that's too far gone, there's no one of us that's too far gone that did that one thing that the blood wasn't powerful enough for Lord you're good, you're good Lord and we plead the power of the blood of Jesus over every, every illness, every disease, every situation that's trying to not align with what you paid for in your grace and in your amazing mercy we love you this morning. We love you. And we believe in the power of the blood. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. 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 Somebody lift up a shout of praise. Clap to God. Oh, go ahead and give somebody a hug or a high five, a kiss if appropriate as you sit down. If it's not appropriate, then don't because it's not appropriate. Amen. Amen. As you take a seat, go ahead and pull out your Bible. Oh, do you like who you're sitting next to this morning? Good, 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 good. Open to the book of Joshua chapter 1 as we get started this morning. All I have to say so far is, woo! Thank you, Lord. Anybody encouraged yet? I'm already thankful I came to church. You hungry to hear from God? Good, because we're going to read from the Bible, so that's a good start. But before we get there, by a show of hands, who was here last week? Good deal. Good number of us. We started uh, a three-part message last week that we're calling We're Moving In. So you've pulled out your Bible. If you don't have your notes out, go ahead and pull your notes out. And you can put that at the top of your page. We're Moving In. And uh, like I said last week, this was going to be just one uh, one-week sermon. But as I started digging into it, I realized, God, that's not fair. These people are more hungry than that. They're hungry for more than just kind of a nice New Year's message, a one-week a one word from God for the year. Am I right? So we're going to take one sermon. We're splitting it up over three weeks, and we're just taking kind of one main point a week uh, because we believe this is more than just a message, uh, but this kind of came out of uh, me praying for, for me, my, my family, and also for us this year. God, where are you leading us this year? What do you have to say to us as we head into 2017? And it was really led to Joshua chapter 1. And there's a few things in there uh, that we're going to be talking about over these three weeks. Just touching on a few things. There's a lot more in there than three, works, three weeks worth of stuff. Which means you're more than allowed to read it on your own and hear from God for yourself. You don't need me to tell you everything it says. Amen? Amen. Your Bible opens Monday through Saturday, not just Sundays. So Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to go through. And the word that we're running off of is, like I said, we're moving in. And that, like I said, it's more than a title. We're using this as a declaration. We're using it as a declaration because we, we, we talked last week about how we've got options in life. We've got options this year. We can, we can try to get through 2017, maybe kind of like we got through 2016. We can just sort of move through it, hope we make it. Anybody ever just hope to make it before? Is that just me? Yeah, there's eight honest people so far this morning. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to make it through. We just need to be like, you know what, there's, a, there's something going on. I just need, if I move through this, I'm going to be all right. But we believe God is speaking for us as a church and for you as individuals, as a family this year, that you have the option, yes, to move through. And God is good and he is faithful. But you also have the option to move in this year. You have the option to move in because God is a God of promise. I said God is a God of promise. There it is. And he has promises for us in his word, and his, his promise is salvation and forgiveness, but his promise is to be with us. His promise is to pour out blessing on his people for the sake of the world and for the sake of his glory. He is a God of promise, and we have an opportunity this year to move in to the promises of God. We are picking up in Joshua chapter 1. Last week we talked about verses 1 through 5, and we picked up a story where the people of Israel are in a similar position to us in that they are in a moment of transition, just like us, moment of transition into the new year. And at this moment of transition, they've been carrying a promise for 470 years or so, which is a long time. 
A lot longer than I want to wait for anything. 470 years they've been carrying a promise. And that promise that God had given them 470 years before was that he was going to make them a great nation. And that they were going to possess a land called Canaan. It's also known in the Bible as the promised land. So it is obviously the land that had been promised to them, hence the title. They've been promised that you're going to possess Canaan 470 years, lots of ups and downs later. Joshua chapter 1 picks up the story at the end of these 470 years and God is telling them you're in a moment of transition. He says, Moses, my servant, has died. The one who led you out of slavery uh, could not lead you into the promised land. Now he is dead. There's a new leader in town named Joshua. God's saying in this moment of transition, it's time to not just carry the promise. It's time to move in to the promise. And so as a people this year, we're standing before God and each other and saying, we don't know exactly what it means, but we're moving in. We're not just going to make it through. We're going to move in this year. We talked last week about a couple of things that come with the promise. We said your promise comes with a process. It comes with a process. And that's all right. And that's encouraging because uh, we've all been in process. Maybe some of you are in process. And your process looks interesting a lot of times. The people had 470 years of interesting process. Times where they were faithful, times when they were not, but God was always faithful. And therefore, no matter what your process looks like, the promise still stands. You need to know the promise still stands this morning. No matter what your process looks like, no matter how well you feel like you're doing in your own process or not. Hello. Doesn't even determine your ability to go through the process clean. Hallelujah. Anybody, come on. Your promise comes with a process, and a lot of times also your process comes with some problems. Amen? Amen. That's kind of why we call it the process, because like, for sure this isn't the promise, because I got problems. I got problems. And uh, the people of Israel had a lot of problems on the way to the promise. A lot of problems. Most of it was they were the problem. But God's promise was never the problem. And the promise still stands. And for you, the promise still stands. I don't know, you may be in the middle of the process and you may have some problems. You may have been carrying some things for a long time, but I want you to know that by the power of the love of God, the promise still stands this morning. And this year, we're moving in. We're moving in. We're moving out of the process. We're moving out of some problems in Jesus' name. And we're moving in to the promise this year. Anybody moving in with me? Good, we got a we then. Because like I said last week, this, you don't have to like these messages because if nothing else, they're for me. And I'm, I'm encouraged. And so I'm taking it and running with it. And uh, we're going to have a good time this year. 2017 is going to be a year of the promise. Amen. Last week our title was point number one, possess the promise. Possess the promise. You got to go through a process and many times problems to possess the promise. That was verse one through five. We talked about last week. So we're going to move right along into what comes right after 5, verse 6 through 8. You want to read with me? Yeah. Anybody in Joshua 1 yet? Yes. Awesome. For the other most of you, it'll be on the screens. I'm thinking about you. And I also said, you know, last week, if you like P words, you're going to love these sermons because there's more of them coming at you. Didn't even try that hard. Here we go. So it'll be right here. Joshua 1, verse 6 says this. It says, be strong and courageous for, ooh, I already lost my place. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success. I want that wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all. Somebody say all. All that is written in it. For then, say then, then, after your process, after some problems, for then you will make your way, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then, after some process, and many times after some problems, then you will have good success. Is that encouraging? It's encouraging to me. We're going to dig into 6 through 8 this morning. I'm going to give you the title, specific title for this week's message. Last week, possess the promise. This week, prioritize the promise. Prioritize the promise. Is that going to preach to anybody this morning? 
Good deal. Last week, like I said, it was just point one, so it was mainly I was just getting you fired up. You guys were loud. It was fun. I did that, hey, repeat after me thing all the time, and you guys did it great every single time. It was awesome. I think this week's going to be encouraging, but I'm also going to come at you a little bit. Is that all right? Because it's for me, too. Prioritize the promise. I saw a uh, magazine cover this morning on the island in my kitchen, and it said, Make 2017 great. Priority number one, it's all about you. (laughs) Oh, I thought, God, that's funny (laughs) that I saw that this morning. And I just want you to know if that's how you're heading into this year, it's going to be a rough year. There's a lot of things telling you a lot of things, amen? We need the Word of God. (laughs) So we need to prioritize the promise. So we all have priorities in life, yeah? Everybody's got priorities. You usually can't have things both ways in this life, as sad as that is. You usually can't have your cake and eat it too, sadly. I frankly don't understand that phrase, but because I thought you had to have the cake to eat it. But you get what I'm saying. Sometimes, every once in a while, something goes perfectly and you get the best of both worlds. You get both A and B, but usually it's A or B, yeah? Usually A or B. Sometimes you get the best of both worlds, but for the most part, when you're presented with choices, you've got to have some priorities as you make your choice. Life is a lot of either-or decisions. You may want one thing, or you may want both things, but you usually have to prioritize one over the other. Either-or, you either lose the weight or you eat the dessert. Happy 2017, right? It's January. Let's just talk about it. Let's hit the gym. Let's, yep. You either lose some weight or you want to eat the dessert. You either need to be okay with the kids going crazy at the restaurant or you just need to cook when you don't want to. You usually don't, usually aren't going to get both of those. You either need to hit your savings goals or keep buying whatever you want. Hello. You either need to Get married or keep your pants on. Whoops, I didn't mean to go there. I actually did. It was written down. At my house, something that happens a lot, an either-or decision that we need to get under wraps between me and my wife is we either need to watch the movie or have a conversation. It's not both. It's not both. we got to figure out the priorities here. Which one are we going for? Amen. Anybody else come up against that one? Either one. One of those or the other. You have priorities in your life, and I want to tell you this morning, if you want to possess the promise of God in your life, then you're going to need to prioritize that promise. I knew it was going to get quiet right there. Probably don't maybe know, understand what I'm saying, but we're going to talk about it. You need to prioritize the promise if it's what you want to possess. Verses 1 through 5, Joshua 1. God is saying to his people, I want you to move in to the promise you've been carrying. It's been 470 years. It's been a long, crazy, windy road, and there's been ups and downs. But I've been faithful this whole time. I haven't forgotten. He says in here, I gave it to your fathers. I know you've been carrying it for generations, but it's time for you to possess the promise. I want you to possess the promise. God's heart is for you to possess the promises that he makes to you. When we read this Bible... It's not just empty words to hopefully make us encouraged on Sunday. God wants you to walk in the promises in your life. That's what God's heart is for you. His heart is for you to possess the promise. But verses 6 through 8, he needs to make it clear that if you want to possess it, if you want to possess it, you're going to need to obey a few things. There's guidelines around this possession. And you're going to need to prioritize what I say over what you prefer at times. If you want to possess the promise, you have to prioritize the promise. As I was reading verses 6 through 8, working on these messages, looking through 6 through 8, talks about doing everything God's told them to do, talks about obedience, all these sorts of things. And at first I thought priority maybe just kind of came into my head as another P word because I was just, you know, in sermon mode. And sometimes you just got to throw in some alliteration. Who loves it? The alliteration. <laughs> Oh, man, I just thought it was another P word, but I realized, no, priority is actually a great word for this year because I realized in that moment, obedience usually reflects your priorities. Obedience is a behavior, right? Obedience is a behavior, and your behavior reflects your priorities. Whether you eat that cake or not depends on what you're prioritizing in the moment. Your behavior is a reflection of your priority, right? Whether you save that money or not reflects on what's your greater priority in the moment. 
I, uh, when Heather and I were living in College Station at the Antioch Church there in College Station, we were leading the discipleship school for a couple of years. And um, we had about 22 students that were in our school. And after the end of the first semester, we're trying to be good leaders. And so they were filling out this, um, what was it? They were doing like an assessment kind of thing. And one of the questions on there was, do you have any feedback for us as leaders as we go into the second semester? I thought, wow, I'm going to get some really good stuff. Some pe- I'm ready to get my feelings hurt a little bit. Sometimes you got to get your feelings hurt to hear the truth. Amen? Just because somebody offended you doesn't mean they don't like you. Sometimes you need it. Tap your neighbor and say, sometimes you need it. Yeah, sometimes you need it. And uh, there was there's this guy, if you knew him, you wouldn't be surprised that this is what he wrote. But the feedback for me personally to be a better leader, he said, he said, bro, wrote this down, bro. He was a single guy working an extremely part-time job. Not just a part-time job, an extremely part-time job. <laughs> Living with a bunch of other single guys working their jobs. And he said, bro. I just don't know. I just don't feel like we're, we're that good of friends. Like, when are you going to come bro out and slam some Capri Suns and bust on Mario Kart with us? I was like, dude, got some priorities. And I happen to, you know, be married and have a baby at home and have a full-time job and lead this school that you're a part of on the side of that and kind of actually trying to pray through planting a church that you don't even know about. And so, honestly, as much as I'd love to bust you up in Mario Kart... I got to have some priorities, right? It's not that I don't like you. It's just my priorities. Amen? I'm going to prioritize spending some time with my wife over playing some Mario Kart. Anybody in the room need to hear that? No, don't call your husband out. Don't call your husband out. It's a reflection of our priorities. Our behavior reflects our priorities. And if you want to possess the promise of God, you need to prioritize. You need to prioritize the promise. And this is what I mean. We talked last week. We gave a pretty... um, what was it? It was extensive but brief, if that makes any sense. History of the Israelites and how long they had been carrying this promise. And for the 40 years previous to Joshua chapter 1, they had been wandering in the desert. They had been enslaved in Egypt for several hundred years before that. And now they came out of slavery. God had set them free from Egypt. And they came up to the promised land to go into it. But Instead of going into it, Joshua sent, or Moses sent 12 spies to the land, and we said, if you grew up in church, you know, 10 were bad and 2 were good. Anybody remember those motions from Sunday school? And 10 spies came back, well, all of them came back and said, yes, the land that God has promised is awesome. It is good, and we should want it. 10 guys came back, though, said, as good as it is, it's scary. There's people that own it right now. They've got big walls, lots of weapons. Some of them are giants. We can't handle that. Two of them came back and said, yeah, it's big and scary, but our God is big, and he is powerful, and if he has promised, he is faithful. Somebody knew that back then that the promise still stands, no matter what may stand in front of you. You don't have to take that one, I guess, but I thought that was good. So instead of going into the promised land, they switched up their priorities and they said, well, we would rather just stay in the desert where we feel nice and safe than possess the promise and go into the promised land. So their behavior reflected their priority because they just wanted to be safe instead of moving in. How many of you know that sometimes what's keeping you from moving into the promise of God isn't God? It wasn't God keeping them out of the promised land. He was, the door was open. Sometimes you need to rework your priorities to possess the promise. It's not always waiting on God. Sometimes he's waiting on you to reprioritize. They didn't want to prioritize the promise. They wanted to prioritize their preference. We're comfortable here. We like it. The promise looks scary. How many of you know sometimes the promise looks scary? Abraham had gotten a promise. You are 75 year old, years old. You have a barren wife, zero kids, and no land. And God spoke, you're going to be a great nation. And you're going to possess that land, Canaan, over there, that beautiful land that a bunch of your enemies possess. I'm going to give it to you. Makes no sense. And the promise is scary sometimes, but you've got to still prioritize it over your preferences. I don't want to prioritize my preferences. I want to prioritize the promise this year. Amen? Amen. That may mean some readjusting on your own life. But it's okay, because he's leading you into the promise. I want you to write this down. You are going to need to prioritize where God is taking you over where you have been. 
You're going to need to prioritize where God is taking you over where you have been. Where you are going over where you have been. And this is what verses 6 through 8 are telling us. Because God in verses 1 through 5 has said, I want you to go into the land. But verses 6 through 8, he talks about, I need you to obey. I need you to do what I say. Because you didn't do what I said last time. And that's why you've been out in this wilderness for a long time. I need you to prioritize what I have to say over where you've been. I want you to prioritize the promised land over where you have been in the wilderness. As regardless of how comfortable it may be. Verse 6, he says this, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I want you to have it. Somebody say, God wants me, God wants to, me. Have it. to have it. That's true. Sometimes we get weird about it, but it's, that's what God wants. He wouldn't make the promise if he didn't want you to have it. God wants me to have it. Verse 6, at the end of verse 8, he says, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God's heart is that you walk in the prosperity of his promise to you, that you walk in the good success of the blessing of the kingdom of God. That's his heart for you. He wants you to have it. But in the middle of it is his, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. He's saying in between the promise and the prosperity, you've got to get your priorities straight. Because sometimes the prosperity of the promise will ruin you if your priorities aren't straight. Verse 7 gives us three priorities. We'll just move on into those, all right? You guys ready to go after some priorities this year? We doing okay? We can all still smile. I know it's a little bit heavier than last week, but it's good because God sets us free, right? We talk about obedience. It gets all heavy. No. Jesus says, come to me, weary, heavy laden. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So, yes, there's obedience, but there's all, it's light because of the grace of God, okay? Can we head into this with that perspective? Ooh, a P word. Ooh, I didn't even mean that one. Oh, we're having fun. Verse 3 gives us three priorities that we have to have this year as we move in to the promises of God. We're just going to hit one at a time. You don't have to go far to get the first one. He says, only be. These are your priorities. So if you want to possess the promise, if you want the prosperity of the promise, here's what you got to do. Only be. Just be these, th these things. It's, it's very simple. Only be strong. Only be strong. I want you to write down number one this morning. Prioritize strength over weakness. That's a decision that we're going to have to make is to prioritize strength over weakness because God has told us be strong. If he says it, we can do it. His word is powerful. Here's the thing this year. When we're moving in, expect opposition when you move forward. When you are moving forward in God, expect opposition. We mentioned last week, sometimes as Christians, we can be crazy. The moment something gets hard, it's like, oh, that's a closed door. The Lord must not want me to do that. No, 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 no. That's a closed door, and you need to push through it when your faith in, is, is in the promise it's your faith in the promise that's going to push you through the problems that you're facing. They're not all closed doors. When you move forward, expect opposition. It says be strong, and we just need to realize that you generally don't need strength for things that are easy. So, I don't know where you're coming from today, but we're just going to spit it clear. The devil doesn't want you taking on the promises of God in your life. He hates you, but he's defeated. So that's why we got to prioritize strength over weakness. we just got to understand that the devil doesn't want us to possess the promise. He doesn't want us to move into the promise. And so that means, you know, some things are going to give us opposition as we move forward. That old sin that you've been trying to hold on to is going to hold you back. And it's not going to want to let you go. But you can prioritize strength over weakness. Your old habits aren't going to want to get changed. Your old priorities definitely aren't going to want to get shifted around because you know those and they've been working okay for you. So why would we shift it when it's not, it's just, we don't need to do that. There's going to be some people say, that's, you don't need to do that. That's a little radical. You don't need to do that. No, God's love, you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. But we need to prioritize strength over weakness. We need to 
do what we have to do to come in line with what God's speaking to us. There's going to be things in your life that are going to give you opposition. There may even be people in your life who don't want you walking into the promise of God. And there's a few reasons for that. One of, some, one of, them, one of the reasons is they're not going to believe in it. And that's okay. They're amazing. But that, somebody else's unbelief can't keep you back from what God has promised. So be strong. Be strong in what you know the Lord has spoken in his word and what he's spoken to you. And another reason is, frankly, sometimes when you start moving forward, it makes other people feel uncomfortable. But that's okay, too. I feel uncomfortable when I have to move forward and when I'm around other people moving forward. We can't reject the discomfort. Sometimes we've got to embrace it and be strong. Right? You guys are doing great. This isn't comfortable. This isn't the popular stuff, but we've got to go there because it's right there, right? It's right there. And God's heart is to possess the promise, and I want you to possess the promise. So that's why we're going there this morning. Your past doesn't want you free. Your body doesn't want you waking up early to spend time with Jesus. Anybody else? Come on, somebody. Your brain doesn't want you getting rid of needless distractions so you can focus on what God's speaking to you. Your, your, your friends don't want you getting rid of useless distractions and people that are trying to distract you. They don't want you moving on from those things. Your wallet doesn't want you generous. Your emotions don't want you patient. Your insecurity doesn't want you confident. None of these things want you to possess the promise. You, your, your, your emotions don't want you to, be having, don't want you to walk in self-control. You're going to experience some opposition, but be strong. Be strong. Be strong. And being strong is hard, but that's okay. That's okay, because I've got good news. Psalm 28.7 says this. It says, the Lord is my strength. Psalm 28.7 says, the Lord is my strength. And my shield, in him my heart trusts, I am helped, my heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. Nothing in there about I worked so hard to get stronger because it was all up to me, and I was just going to work hard to get that sin out of my life. I was going to work hard to get those priorities straightened out. No, I just am going to dwell in the truth that when I'm weak, he is strong. The Lord is my strength. And he is my shield. Even the opposition I'm facing and feeling is not all the opposition coming against me. Because sometimes he's shielding you from stuff that you don't even know he's shielding you from. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you're asking, God, where are you? And he's saying, if you only knew what I was holding back. He is your strength and he is your shield. In him, my heart trusts. Not in my ability. Not in my past. Not in the failures that I've had in the past that are telling me you're just going to fail again. Not in the, the, the successes I've had that said, I know you can make it three months, but you can't make it four. But my heart trusts in him. And I am helped. I need help. Jesus is good. So be strong this year. Prioritize the strength of God over your own weakness. That's what this means. Be strong. He's saying, be strong. And your strength comes from me. So if we're going to be strong, then God's heart must be, I want you to come close. I want to share with you who I am. I want to carry your burdens. Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Your strength isn't in trying harder or working harder or being a better person. It's just simply in prioritizing God's strength over your weakness. Paul said, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. I'm not going to pretend like they're not there. I'm not going to try to hide them. He doesn't even say he's going to work on him. He says, I'm going to boast that I'm weak there because somehow God's strength isn't only present, it's perfect in my weakness. Prioritize strength over weakness. Somebody say amen. amen. Got to prioritize strength over weakness. Number one, be strong. Somebody say be strong. Look at your neighbor and say you're strong. Say you're stronger than you think. Jesus is more present than you think he is. There we go. That's good. It's funny when I say that, I can tell some of you just don't like talking in church. You can give me that look every time. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Number two. You want number two? Yeah. Two of three. He says, where are we? Verse seven. Only be strong and very courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. You need to prioritize courage over fear. 
We're just going to do this. I need everybody stand up. This was a little spur of the moment, a little thing. Everybody stand up. We're going to sit right back down in just a second. It's okay. Stand up. And everybody say, in the name of Jesus, in, name of Jesus. in 2017, 2017. Fear, fear is not my friend. Go ahead and sit down. That feels good, huh? <laughs> you need to prioritize courage over fear. Because I don't know about you, but I've never needed courage for something I've not been afraid of. Sometimes moving forward is scary. Sometimes moving forward is scary. When you move into the promises of God, you're going to have to trust God in uncharted territories. They had never been to Canaan before. There was a lot of stuff about to go down. They needed to prioritize courage over their fear. They forgot about that 40 years earlier. They switched it around. If you go back and read, God actually tells them back then, be strong, be courageous. And instead of prioritizing courage over fear, they flip-flopped it, and none of them walked into the promise. So the promise is sure. He wants you to possess it. And if you'll prioritize it, you'll walk in it. You've got to trust God moving into these uncharted territories. It's going to take courage to go where he says to go and to do what he says to do. So if you're coming up against something that's scary, you're probably on the right track. That doesn't make it easy, but it's helpful to know. <laughs> right? Just like when his heart is not necessarily a closed door, when it's scary, it's not an enemy that can beat you. It's just bigger than you, which means you need a God bigger than him. Come on, somebody. Ha! Sometimes you just got to say it. I'll put this in a P word for you if you want it. There's a predator to your promise. <laughs> oh, there's a predator to your promise. The Israelites were headed into a new land. There was going to be new enemies they hadn't faced before. There was big rivers they hadn't crossed before. There was lots of unknown. And you this year, as you move into the promise of God, the promise of God, you are headed into new territory. You are headed in to the promise. And the biggest predator to your promise isn't the enemies that you're facing where you're going. It's the familiarity of where you are right now. The biggest predator to your promise is not the enemies facing you where you're going. It's the familiarity of where you are right now. It's a predator to the promise. What kept the people from the promise was the fear of the unknown. And if you look back on their conversation, they were essentially saying, okay, taking the promised land looks like a challenge. The promised land looks great. We're in the desert right now, but at least we're not in Egypt. And God's providing for us. Everything's good. Why take on the challenge when we're doing all right right here? I mean, it's not that bad. It's not great. It's not the promise. I mean, yeah, there's like flowing milk and honey. That sounds awesome, but it's not slavery. So, you know, it's not that bad. We're doing all right. It's not that bad is what kept them out of the promise. And it's not that bad will keep you out of yours, too. And it'll keep me out of mine. It's not that bad. Life's not that bad in the desert. It's not that good, but... At least it's not that bad. My marriage, you know, it's not great, but it's not that bad. I mean, sure, things could be better, but, you know, I know a lot of things are worse. And, you know, putting all that work in, I don't know, kind of seems hard and scary and difficult and uncomfortable. And, you know, why put in all that work? It's not that bad right now. My walk with God, you know, it's not that bad. It's better than some people, but it's not as good as, like, my neighbor, and they're like doing really good. My walk with God, like it's not that bad. I mean, it's not that good for sure. It could grow, but you know, it's not that bad. My insecurities, yeah, you know, it, I feel uncomfortable about stuff sometimes, and sometimes it keeps me from doing what maybe I know I should do or could do or what God's called me to. But I mean, I do some of the things. I'm a little bit insecure, but I know some insecure people. My insecurities, I mean, they're not that bad. Plus, it's just a little insecurity. Everybody's got them. It's not that bad. Spending isn't that bad. I mean, it's a little out of control, but it's not that bad. You know, that medication, maybe I take a little too much sometimes, but it's not that bad. I mean, 
It's not great that I do that sometimes, but it's not that bad. My addiction, I, mean, I wouldn't call it an addiction. Sure, like, I kind of, you know, have to lie sometimes so I can go into that room or I stay up when everybody thinks I'm in bed or I head out to that. I mean, it's, it's not an addiction. I could stop whenever I want. I mean, it's not that bad. I just, I know it's not good, but it's not that bad. It's not that bad. We have got to sell out that not that bad really is that bad. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Come on, guys. This, this is going to be good for us this year. It's the simple stuff. The stuff that's not that bad, oh, it's that bad. The stuff in your life that you look at and say, it's not that bad, it is that bad. Because the Israelites said, well, the desert's not that bad. And every one of them who said that, except the two that didn't say it, died in the desert. It wasn't that bad then. It got bad. It got bad quick. And what you've got to realize, you have to prioritize courage over fear this year. Because you've got to realize that when you are choosing to stand outside of the promise God is calling you into, the whole desert just became sinking sand. The whole thing. And you know it too, because if we, if we talked about it, anything in your life that you're looking at right now and saying it's not that bad is worse than it was six months ago. It wor- it's definitely worse than it was last January when you thought about making a resolution about it then. It's sinking sand. It may be slow, but it's still sinking And it's definitely not moving in. It's not that bad. Yes, it is. Take courage this year to leave behind what you've got to leave behind so that you can go where you've got to go. You've got to go. Number two, courage. Prioritize courage over fear. Is anybody in here friends with fear this year? Nah. Gross. She ugly anyways. Number three. Strength over weakness, courage over fear, and obedience over everything. Obedience over everything. Only be strong, be very courageous, be careful to do According to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Obey, obey, obey. It's not like the most popular word, especially for us like under 30 crew. Now, don't tell me to obey. I don't feel like it. It's not popular, but we got to go there because one, it's true, and two, it honors God, and three, it's best for you. Smile. It's best for you. Yeah, okay, you're good. Priorities in life need to line up with the promises God has given you. That's something you need to take and chew on and evaluate in your life. That right there. Are the priorities in my life lining up with the promise that he's given me? The priorities that you have is the path that you're following. Okay. Well, obey. It's good. Like we said... Earlier, obedience is a priority before it's a behavior because obedience is a behavior. It reflects your priorities, which is good. Just prioritize God and you'll just obey. It's like one simple step. God over everything. All right. Obedience is a priority before it's a, a behavior. So, so your behavior reflects priorities, but you've got to understand that your, 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 your behavior is a result of your priorities and your priorities are a result of your beliefs. What you believe will set your priorities. If you believe God's promised it, you will prioritize it. If you're not so sure, then you have a lot less motivation to keep the priorities straight, right? I mean, like, it's just like one piece of cake, like, it's probably not going to matter. Everybody's telling me it matters, but I don't really believe it's going to matter. So I'm not going to prioritize not eating it, so I'm going to eat it, right? Am I the only one that eats the cake, like, most of the time? Thank you. 
So your behavior reflects your priorities, uh, but your behavior is also a result of your beliefs. And when we see obedience as a big, scary word, it reflects a belief that God is a big, scary God. It reflects a belief that God is on a power trip and he's trying to make us Christians miserable because everybody knows a good Christian is a miserable Christian because obedience is miserable. But praise the Lord. <laughs> that's what we think about obedience. And that's why we hear that word is like, oh, just let's stay on the encouraging stuff. Like, let's talk about possess the promise. You got to be miserable to obey, but that's not true because God isn't on a power trip. He is good and he is trying to lead you. He's trying to lead you. And that's what obedience is. It's the opportunity to be led by a good God who loves you. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He's spoken promises over you and everything he gives you to obey is a step towards the promise. It's not a hoop to jump through. He's just trying to tell you how to get there. He just wants you to get there. Obedience isn't about being miserable. It's about being trust, or well, that's not, that's not it, being trustful, miserable. He's about trusting the leadership of God in your life. That's where the joy is in obedience. If we can work on this overall belief, and before you start trying hard to obey, work on that belief. Spend time in the Bible. Spend time in prayer. Lord, okay, who are you, first of all? Because when I can get my beliefs about you right, the obedience is a joy most of the time. Not all the time. But more times than not. Because it can still be hard and you need strength. And it can still be scary when you need courage. But you can still obey. Amen? Awesome. Verse 7, he says this. He says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. I think when we look at obedience and we, we read words in the Bible like law and I command you and do this, don't do that, don't go left, don't go right, just do what I tell you. And it's like, man, that sounds pretty, pretty strict, pretty tight and religious. What about my personality? How does it fit into there? <laughs> Oh, I've said that before. But hey, Jesus says, don't go left and don't go right because I'm trying to take you straight to the promise. That's why you don't go left and don't go right. It's because your left and your right are all bad ideas. And he's just trying to take you straight to the promise. He's trying to take you to the promise. For example, let me put it this way. This is, may, may, might be helpful with uh, obedience here. If, if, if you want to leave this room and go up the stairs to leave after church, then you need to go through that door in the back, right? If you go left, you won't leave the door. If you go right, you won't leave the door. I'm not being legalistic. I'm not putting you through a trial. I'm not testing you. I'm not, I'm just trying to help. Because it's about to be lunchtime and you want to leave. So if you want to go out to lunch, don't, I need you to go out this door, just this way. Don't go left and don't go right. Just do what I tell you to do and leave the door. Can somebody say amen? amen? If you want to go to the promise, just don't turn left and don't turn right. And sometimes we do this thing and God's like, the promise is right through that door. You see the promise lane, you're right on the edge and you're like, that looks big and scary. And I don't know about my personality, my preferences fitting into that. I don't know if I'm strong enough. I don't know if I have courage enough because it's legitimately hard and it's legitimately scary. And I'm legitimately just kind of more of a flowy person. I like to go with things. But... <laughs> And it's like, okay, the promise is out that door, and we're like, cool. I'm going after God. And we find ourselves in a hallway, and we're all like, God, where are you? I thought you made a promise to me. I thought you were good. I thought you were faithful. I thought you said I could be free. Where are you? We start blaming God. We get discouraged by our circumstances. And we wonder where he went. And what happened to the promise? I thought last week you said the promise still stands. It still stands. Exactly where God left it. <laughs> the promise still stands. There's always a way back. 
470 years of them going to the left and to the right. And guys are saying, hey, that's the same as it's always been. It's the same place it's always been. It's the same guidelines I've always given. Are you ready now? Because I want you to possess the promise. But you're going to need to prioritize it. If you want to leave the door, prioritize that door over that door. And you'll get there quicker. You've got to prioritize obedience over everything. And he says this in verse 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. For you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Everything you need, you have. You have the word of God, but even before this book ever got bound, people were still walking in the promise of God. He is with you. He is with you. He is speaking to you. He is leading you. He is present in your life. So he says, if you want to possess the promise, I need you to prioritize it. You need to prioritize strength over weakness and courage over fear and obedience over everything. And the way to do it is just meditate on me. Just meditate on me. Day and night. I don't mean just read the book day and night. I mean just let me be with you day and night. Prioritize me day and night. Because uh, you need to know the word of God. Not to be a good Christian, but because there's a bazillion voices in your life telling you that left is a really good way to go. And right is an even better way to go. And most of the people in your life are going left and going right. And frankly, even more of them are just happy-ish where they are. So there's a lot of voices. And if you want to know where to go, you've got to prioritize his voice. You've got to prioritize his voice. You're not earning anything. You're just helping yourself walk in the promise. Because this year we're moving in. Amen? We're moving in. We're moving in. We're moving in to possess the promise of God. That's going to be a people, that's going to be the people that we are. God has promised us because he is faithful. Some amazing things in our lives. As a church, you individually, you may know these promises, you may not. This is maybe all new to you and you're like, I don't even know what this is all about. Listen to last week's sermon and it'll help you out a little bit. But we're going. We're going. Because God's good. And God's telling Joshua, you've got to go there because there's people that are going to follow you. And it's the same for you. It's the same for you. Why don't you go ahead and stand up as we wrap up this morning. Prioritize the promise. Prioritize the promise. So my question for us this morning, we like to end our services uh, worshiping again and have a time of response because we believe that it's great to hear the word of God, but the Bible says it's a blessing to do the word of God. And we like to have just a couple of minutes here at the end of our service where you can respond uh, in your heart. You can respond, do whatever, maybe take a step in your own life right now to respond to what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. Maybe something I said may not be, I don't know, but God is looking to do something powerful in your life if we'll listen. And I want you to move in this year. I want you to possess the promise. And before we can do that, we've got to prioritize the promises. So my question for us this morning and for you as an individual, for us as a church, is what do you need to prioritize in your life right now? What priority adjustment do you need to make this morning? Maybe you need to prioritize some strength over weakness and you need to start prioritizing the truth that God is strong over the excuse that I'm weak. Maybe you need to, you don't know what it means. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know how to do it. And that's okay. That is okay. You don't have to. It's a good place to start. We're just like, uh, Jesus. All right, you're strong. You may need to move into strength this morning where you've been weak. You may need to move into courage where you've been full of fear. You may need to move out of being immobilized and not being able to do anything because you're just too scared. And I'm not saying it's not legitimately scary. But we've got to prioritize courage over fear. You may need to move this morning from fear into courage. Away from the predator of your own familiarity. And into courage into what God's calling you to do. You may need to move into obedience. There may be some things in your life that you know right now you're prioritizing over the voice of God. Over obeying what it is that you know what he spoke. 
Sometimes we genuinely don't know. We got to seek out God and all that kind of stuff. But I think if we're honest, a lot of times we do know. I know. It's just a question of my priorities. We got to move into obedience. There might be something in your life that you've been putting off, but you know, I got to move into that thing. I don't get it, whatever, but I got to move into it. So if you're here last week, we ended this way. I'm going to do it again this year. Go with kind of our, or this week, go along with our message. We're moving in. I believe that a lot of times it's helpful to make a physical response to what God's doing in you. And a lot of times we have people available to pray with you and that's all awesome. But I'm just gonna make this open and you may be the one person, maybe all, maybe all of you, I, I don't care, I'm going. I'm moving, I got some things to straighten out for me too. But if you need to move from weakness into strength this morning, I want you to just come up to the front of the room and move your body. If you need to move out of fear into some courage this morning, I want you to come up to the front of the room. If you need to move from, from priorities being mixed up into being obedient in everything, I want you to come up to the front of the room this morning. If you need to move, let's start moving now. You may be here this morning and you've never moved out of death of sin and into life in Jesus. You may be here this morning and maybe you've been to church a thousand times, maybe not, but you've never made the move of Jesus touching your life with his mercy that Karis talked about at the beginning, where he's able to continue his relationship with you regardless of the decisions that you've made, the things that you've chosen to do. You've never made the move into the precious blood that washes you white as snow. And you need to give your life to Jesus this morning. So before I pray, I'm just gonna throw it out there. If that's you, if you need to give your life to Jesus this morning, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand for the first time. Or if, you're, if you've been running away and you just know it's time for me to come back. Is that anybody this morning? I love making a chance available. It doesn't matter to me if nobody raises your hand. Is that anybody? Awesome. Okay, you guys ready to move this year? Awesome. We're going to sing a song one more time. I'm going to pray for us as we worship together. We invite the Holy Spirit to finish our few minutes together in power. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you for the invitation to move in this year. I pray courage over every person in the front of this room. I pray strength over every person in the front of this room. I pray that we'd have the ability to obey everything that you've given us. God, I pray clarity to hear the voice of God in power this year. We love you, Lord, and we believe again in Jesus' name.